0: Hello, this is Susan. Hey, it's Melissa. Hey, Melissa.
1: How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Susan Bolio, Kayla Gordon, and Jeep Roberts have started a journey. Shaking loose from depression, addiction, and dissociation. And walking with more laughter, lightness, and love. They struggle with the same difficult feelings many of us have. But this is the story of their work to heal. So far, they've all recognized the trauma that was passed down to them as children. So now they're finding ways to make positive changes for themselves and the next generations.
0: There are still whole groups of people and whole systems, whether it be education or health care, that do not know about this.
1: We start because of COVID-19 on the phone.
0: It wasn't just an ACEs presentation, but I did a... Susan
1: Bolio is a citizen of the Red Lake Nation. She's telling me about a presentation she gave recently about ACEs, or Adverse Childhood Experiences, which is trauma in early childhood.
0: I did a presentation on like ACEs and historical trauma and the impact on the nervous system and some resiliency things for a group of third-year medical students. And they were like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. And the, the guy who invited me in himself is a, is a family practice doctor. And he's like, my students need to hear this.
1: I know Susan gives presentations at least once a month to different groups, but this was the first one to medical doctors. So why do medical doctors need to know about trauma and ACEs?
0: When stuff starts going awry in our body, we can either get really frustrated or we can get curious and ask, like, what is the body trying to tell me? Like, what is the body saying? You can't you can't do this anymore, whether it's eating junk food or drinking pop or holding on to stress and trauma that your body just can't just can't take anymore.
1: Susan says we all know how food affects our health, but very few doctors realize how damaging stress and trauma can be to our health.
0: Western science doesn't understand the integration of how the mind, the body, the spirit, the emotions, how they all work together and influence one another. As Indigenous people, we recognize the importance of the balance of all four of those, because if one is out of whack, it affects the others.
1: But even though doctors aren't paying much attention to this, Western research is showing a link between trauma and health impacts. Susan says it's very clear.
0: Early childhood trauma dysregulates the nervous system. When it stays dysregulated for long periods of time, it leads to chronic disease and illness. And we can can understand that through understanding the physiology of stress.
1: There's actually a lot of research about the direct link between the trauma in a person's childhood and that person's health problems when they grow up. There is an ACEs assessment where you can begin to understand how much trauma you experienced as a child. It's a list of 10 questions on a sheet of paper. You go down the list of questions and you put an X if it was something you experienced. Here are some of the questions. Did you lose a parent to divorce or death or jail? Did you not have enough to eat? Did you not have someone to protect you? Did you live with someone mentally ill or who was abusing drugs or who hurt you physically, emotionally, or sexually? If you have four or more X's on that paper, if you answer yes to four or more of those questions, you're more likely to have some serious health problems at some point in your life. Cancer, diabetes, COPD, heart disease, chronic pain, This is not just for Native people. All people have ACEs. And a person's trauma isn't just from what happened in their lifetime. Susan told me this incredible story about how trauma is passed down from one generation to the next. She tells me about this group of scientists who had these mice.
0: And what they did is they had these male mice, and they had them in cages. And the bottom of the cages, they had shock pads. And every time they would infuse the scent of cherry blossom, they would electrify the cage.
1: So they hit a button, and the scent of cherry blossom fills the air. And the mice in the cage get an electrical shock at their feet.
0: So there would be an association made between the smell and the pain from the shock of the feet. Every time
1: they smell cherry
0: blossoms, they expect to get shocked.
1: After a while, the mice shudder and fear when they smell cherry blossoms. Even if there isn't a shock, they run to the corner and shake in their little cages.
0: So then after that association had been made, they took that first generation of male mice, they bred them to females, the females had pups. When the pups were fully grown, they didn't do anything to them while they were growing up. But once they were fully grown, they did just the scent of cherry blossom in their cage. And the mice had an a, a incredible stress response, you know, running to the corner of the cages, shaking, like very scared. Really?
1: The scent of cherry blossoms fills the air. And this second generation of mice are not getting the electrical shock, but they act like they are.
0: They took that second generation, they bred them to females. The females had pups. They let the pups grow up, didn't do anything while they were growing up. When they were fully grown, sent to cherry blossom, same terrified response. Wow. That's three generations. And when they looked at their brains, there was actually more neural receptors in the brain for cherry blossoms to be able to pick up the scent, mm. So there also had been some structural changes in the brain and in the body as a result of that experience two generations before.
1: The heightened ability to smell cherry blossoms and the fear they felt when they did was passed down to the mice's grandchildren. There's an argument that this can happen in humans, too. It's not technically hereditary. It's epigenetic. Or some indigenous people I've talked to call it blood memory.
0: So this understanding of ACEs through Western science helps us to understand why it's not as simple as just getting over it.
1: We are not just getting over it. But even though there is real knowledge here about the connection between trauma, stress, and health, most doctors are not asking about this part of your family history. How stressful was your childhood? How safe did you feel? Susan is hopeful more medical doctors will embrace the indigenous wisdom and the Western science that shows the connection between the mind, body and spirit.
0: Because I often think about my dad when he, um, you know, he was a diabetic and when he was stressed out, it was so hard for him to regulate his blood sugar because of this, you know, the glucose dump that we get when we are under that stress response. So Susan
1: recommends practices that help you manage stress associated with trauma. She leads meditation and mind-body classes with the residents at the Four Winds Culturally Specific Treatment Program. It's owned and operated by the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe in northern Minnesota.
0: So every morning they all get their blood pressure checked and um, when they when they're going through my group I've had a couple of the guys say you know I've started doing that soft belly anytime that I get my blood pressure checked and my numbers have never been better
1: Soft belly is a meditation practice where you breathe into your belly for several minutes to relax and regulate your nervous system
0: So like they're able to see like when they do the soft belly their blood pressure decreases Yeah
1: when I think about the wide world, you know, and some of the barriers to accepting ACEs, my fear, and it's a little cynical, but I think it's also realistic, is that not a lot of drug companies are going to make money if we're prescribing meditation. Right. 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 And I feel like that's a barrier mm-hmm. to adopting some of these practices. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Drug companies make money off of medication, not meditation.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So I think about like my dad who grew up with high aces, who then went to Vietnam and struggles with PTSD, has treatment resistant PTSD. And I I probably won't be as up on it now, but I've noticed over time, you know, my dad was a veteran. So as he would go through the VA and I would be learning about all these things, they weren't covered by the VA. But in the last few years, Yoga and meditation and all of these things were things that the VA was starting to bring in for their own veterans, even things like some, t- um, you know, sweats and ceremonies like that, or um, there are really, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: funny, I never thought about how the VA or the Veterans Administration is pretty advanced when it comes to dealing with trauma. But it makes sense since they started to really pay attention to veterans' post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, it makes me want to go read about kind of the pioneers who studied PTSD because Mm -hmm. that is sort of the thing. Oh, I know what that is, right? We could talk about early childhood trauma, but we know what PTSD is because I think of veterans.
0: Right, right. So
1: that's such a gift for everybody, really, all that research. Yeah. That's interesting. Western medicine is catching on. Before we go, there's something else I wanted to tell you that Susan told me. It's not just trauma that's passed down from generation to generation.
0: It's not just the pain and the trauma that our ancestors experienced that gets passed on, because the purpose of epigenetics is survival. So it's also the strength and the resilience of our ancestors that gets passed on as well.
1: It makes me think about those mice and how they wanted to let their children and their grandchildren know, beware of the smell of cherry blossoms.
0: It's all about survival. It's all about survival.
1: And healing from trauma is about moving from survival to thriving. Perhaps someday medical doctors will understand how to help their patients tap into that resiliency and wisdom that's been passed down from the ancestors and lies inside.
0: As always, it's great to see you, Melissa. You too. All right, we'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: A lot of trauma that's passed down from generation to generation is about grief, and all that's been lost in Native communities particularly. In our next episode, Susan Bolio explores how to move through grief. Join us next time. This is A Mile in My Moccasins on Niji Radio, serving the White Earth Nation. I'm Melissa Townsend. Shimi miigwech and thank you to Kayla Gordon, Jeep Roberts, and Susan Bolio for sharing their stories. Kim Lege, KJ Henschel, Maggie Rosu, Leah Lem, and Aaron Warhol for editorial contributions, and Dan Luke for some of the music in our series. Programming is made possible through a grant to the White Earth Land Recovery Project for the Minneapolis Foundation Catalyst Initiative, and with support from Ampers, Diverse Radio for Minnesota's Communities. To hear more episodes in this series and to learn more about collective trauma, ACEs, or adverse childhood experiences, visit WhiteEarthHealing.org. That's WhiteEarthHealing.org. Take care.